You are listening to the Maximum Life Now podcast, only on MaximumLifeNow.com. Welcome, 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 welcome back to the show. This is your host, your man's Brian B. Rich Richardson, and you're tuned in to another episode of the Maximum Life Now podcast. Yes, I'm still here. As always, you can check us out on SoundCloud. We on Stitcher. But ultimately, you know you got to check out the man's website. That's www.maximumlifenow.com or to get straight to the podcast, that's MLN podcast.com and we always have things that we have in the works even though you might not have heard me in a minute in a while that doesn't mean I stop working that doesn't mean I stop grinding matter of fact the grind has become more intense why because opportunities have been opening up hey I told you I told you I told you if you want to live the maximum life you got to begin to do something Huh? You got to begin to do something and don't complain when opportunities open up for you. You got to seize those opportunities. You got to recognize those moments. You got to jump on those moments when you can jump on them. Don't take them for granted. Don't take them for granted. So I've been giving 150 percent to things that I've been doing from the personal business of, of, of graphic design and web development um, to, of course, I'm a, a assistant pastor at my church. Uh, and other things. And of course, I got a family. I got a wife and I got two little ones. They're looking at me and they're like, Daddy, what you going to do? What you going to do with your life? See, you don't want to come home and have your kids looking at you like that. So I got to do something. But in the meantime, trust me, I've been storing up work for you. I've been storing up work for you. I got notes everywhere. I got different devices with notes and different things. And, and I just always, always looking for stuff to share with other people, even though I may not always share it. But I've learned that if I write it down, that one day, maybe just one day, that information will be shared with somebody. And um, this is one of the vehicles. This is one of the tools that I use to share things with people. And so that's what I've been up to, that's what I've been doing. Um, and of course, this is Father's Day weekend. So happy Father's Day to all the, the fathers out there, all the men who decided to step up to the plate and be fathers. I just want to say uh, happy Father's Day to you. And I like the way one time I heard Les Brown said, all the mothers who play the role as fathers, happy Father's Day to you too. Now, of course, this podcast is going to be on uh, the special edition of the Father's Day uh, podcast, um, and I'm mostly talking about men um, being fathers, but I just wanted to acknowledge the women who are playing the role of both mother and father, and that's tough. It's tough, it's tough, it's tough, 
And um, I, w- I wouldn't wish that upon anybody. But there's some people out there that say, you know what? I got to do what I got to do for my children. I got to do what I got to do to take responsibility for the decisions that I've made in my life. And I'm not going to allow other people to suffer for decisions that I made in my life. And they just go ahead and step up to the plate. You know, they just go ahead and step up to the plate and they do what they got to do. They bring in people in their lives that help them and that kind of thing. But they do what they got to do. And so I just want to make sure that I did that right there. Okay, let's get down to some business real quick before we get into this. Um, just a couple things. Um, uh, I've been speaking at a couple places to young people. And that's what I always uh, been wanting to, to do. For a long time, matter of fact, even when I was younger, um, I was speaking to younger people. I would go back to my middle school um, at the time. It's closed now in Detroit. And I would go and speak to some of the classes and didn't really know what I was doing at the time. But I was just sharing some of my experiences, uh, uh, like, for example, going through high school. If, if you hadn't gone through high school and you were in middle school and, and you have the opportunity um, to go and speak to somebody, look. You speak from your experiences. At the time, I hadn't been to college yet. When I was in high school, I was going back to speak to people in middle school. Why? Because they hadn't been there yet. I've been there. And so you have experiences and you've learned things along the way. And I don't care how um, how you view yourself as far as your experiences. You know, some people wait to do things because they don't have the experience that they think they need. Oh, let me let that breathe. They, you know, people, some people just don't want to do something because they're like, well, I need to do this. I need to spend more time with this and that. And I understand perfecting your craft, but understand this. And I've said this a, numer- a number of times on the podcast. Remember this. You don't have to be great to get started, but you got to get started to become great. Oh, you got to start from somewhere. And so I was starting there not realizing that one day, that I'll be going back speaking to young people with more experience now under my belt, having been through college, having started businesses, having taken um, uh, positions in different places and, and um, being an assistant pastor and, 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 and for eight years and, and that kind of thing. And, and so I just use my experience to go back and to talk to young people about how to navigate this thing we call life. I, I'm teaching. I'm going back talking to them about having a maximum life, and you know, in some instances, they're not ready to hear what I got to say. But I'm gonna give it to them anyway. I'm gonna give it to them anyway. And so, um, in the next couple of weeks, I'll be going back to Detroit and speaking at a few places. I know one confirmed place um, is at Calvin College with uh, Boys Hope Girls Hope of Detroit, and uh, I had the opportunity to speak to a smaller core a few weeks ago and just had an awesome time. I mean, I felt like Superman when I was just talking to him. I only only talked to him for about like 10 minutes, but in those 10 minutes, I gave them everything that I had for 10 minutes. And they looked like, who is this? Who is this? He don't even look like he could even, even go there with us. He don't even look like he can go there with us. I remember that just reminds me of one time. And I remember uh, back in high school, uh, we had ROTC, and I was in ROTC. I, I think for my for my freshman year, ninth grade, uh, maybe tenth grade. I can't remember, but I just remember ninth grade. And I remember we had a drill team, 
and it was just some, uh, you know, some exercises that we were we were doing and different things. And I remember one time um, they just did a little experiment and they wanted me to lead the drill team. Well, you know, I'm normally quiet by nature. You know, people just, you know, think that, hey, you know, that's just bright. You know, he, you know, he, just give him a little shot, give him a little shot. So I got up on up there and bought a couple, about, probably about 10 to 15 uh, people right there in front of me. I'm like, oh, yeah, this this is it's, it's my time now. And so I got up there, and I went from, hey, how you doing? This is Brian to, a T-hoop, left hoop. They were like, what in the heck is this? See, sometimes you got to sneak up on people like that. They don't think you're you going to do nothing. They don't think you about nothing. But let them know on the inside. See, I'm living from the inside out. On the inside, there's greatness on the inside of me. There's a lot that I can bring to the table that some people don't don't really realize, some people don't value. But it's not necessarily whether people put a value on you. It's about you putting the value on you about your life, your experiences, what you have to bring to the table. Because people will not value you before you value you. Oh, I'm going to say that again. People will not value you before you value you. So you got to put some value on your life, on your experiences, on what's on the inside of you. What have you learned, huh? What have you learned? You've learned things that may seem insignificant to the people immediately around you, but there's, trust me, there's somebody else in the world who haven't learned what you learned, and I don't care what it is. There's somebody in the world that has not learned what you learned. And so that's valuable. That's valuable. And so... Um, so, so next couple of weeks I'll be in Detroit and, uh, probably I'll post some things on Facebook about, it. I don't know I, you know, I, I don't have anything against social media and I understand, trust me, I understand the importance of using social media effectively, but I just, I, you know, I grew up in an era where, you know, people, you know, everybody didn't have to know all your movements and everything. I just, I gotta, mm, I just feel some kind of way about that. Just my movements. But if it means um, highlighting young people, if it means reaching young people in a, a, a better way or, or more effective platform, then I'll do it. See, I'll do it for the young people, but, you know, I ain't on, on Facebook shouting out where I'm at all the time and, you know, where I'm traveling to and this, that, and the other and that, because it's, not, it's not the, nobody's business. I'm not, I don't care if people understand what I'm doing and what I'm not doing. That's why. That's why I got the podcast. That's why I'm coming back today. Cause people, where did he go? Is he still here? Yeah, I'm still here. And you're gonna get this work regardless. But I'm just saying. So I might post some things about that. I don't know. But you know, shout out to Boys Hope Girls Hope of Detroit. Um, shout out to my man's uh, uh, Akeem Kimo man. He doing his thing with Artist Heaven Detroit. Visit the website Artist. A-R-T-I-S-T Heaven H-E-A-V-E-N Detroit dot org Visit the site My man's doing his thing With the young people In Detroit Look that man's on fire You gotta understand When people in their purpose And their In their place And assignment Ain't nothing you can do about it Huh Just like them warriors Man they was in their purpose They placed their assignment Ain't nothing Cleveland could do about it Not this year not this year. I don't know. You know, I can't say next year or whatever like that what's going to happen because I don't believe in beating people when they down. But I'm going to tell you something. 
It, I mean, they was in their groove this year. I mean, they was in their stride. They, they was in their purpose. They knew they were supposed to be there. They knew that things were supposed to go down the way they were supposed to go down. And they showed up, and they did their thing. I'm telling you, the Warriors did their thing. So I don't care how you feel about that. I don't know what side you on, um, you know. Uh, but the facts are the facts. They showed up. They did their thing. And, uh, you know, now we got to wait about two or three months before we see any kind of real action. I mean, I know they're trying to, to uh, you know, bring up LeVar Ball and all that kind of stuff because of the because of the draft. But, you know, basketball season is over, guys. Um, you know, man, I, you know, I, I didn't want to go there. But anywho, let's um, jump straight into this podcast. I, I wanted to do a special Father's Day uh, podcast and, um, you know, I was just trying to really think of kind of what to talk about, uh, but I got a, a great idea from a, a Facebook friend of mine, and he asked the question of, uh, you know, what is some of the best advice that your father ever gave you? And, uh, you know, I just started kind of thinking about that and just started laughing over different um, experiences and different things that my father have said to me and that kind of thing. So I thought I'd use this podcast as an opportunity to share some of the things that I learned from my father. You know, some of the, the principles and different things that I pulled out. And I want to uh, first off and say say this. Happy Father's Day to my father, Walter Allen Richardson. I know you're out there. I don't know if you're going to listen to the podcast or not. But there's people out here that's about to get work from the work that you put in me. So um, just want to say happy Father's Day to him and um, just share some things um, uh, what he's taught me, whether directly or indirectly. You, you see, sometimes... We teach him when we not knowing that we teach it, you know, because you teach and you impart things to other based on how you do what you do, um, how you view life and how you express those views on others around you. And I'm going to just tell you something as a father, uh, you as a father has have the greatest impact in the child in a child's life, in your child's life. You know, and that's not to uh, discredit mothers and what they do because mothers and fathers are needed. Otherwise, God wouldn't have gave us mothers and fathers. Um, but there's a there's a particular place and and role and power and authority um, that's given to each role. And as a father, I'm gonna tell you something: um, whether you know it or not, whether you in your child's life or not, um, it's affecting your child. Huh? It's affecting your child. It's affecting your child, whether you're there, whether you're not, what you say, what you don't say. All those things are affecting your child. And so there's a lot of things that my father directly told me, sat me down and said, this is this, this is that. But then there's a lot of things that he he just did and who he was that as time progressed, it's like wisdom that's just being unpacked. Like, you, you know, you think that, okay, I, yeah, I, I know everything my father taught me. But there's some experiences that I have, and I just think back to my dad, and I say, man, okay, that's how he did. Okay. And I apply those experiences um, to my life. Like, for example, just, just a, maybe a little comical example, but just an example anyway. You know, the fact that I use a lot of basketball analogies and what I explain. Well, my, my father does the same thing. I, I realize that. My father does the same thing. Huh? You know, like you, you but like, you know, um, like in a job interview, you know, if you, you, you know, you, you need advice. You need advice for a good job interview. 
and you come to me and you know um, I'm I'm like you you know you gotta be confident you gotta be sure of yourself you gotta you gotta go in there and you gotta know that that job belongs to you like the way the warriors knew that the title belonged to them now, did you see the way that Kevin Durant dunked that ball with ferocity he knew that this belonged to him huh do you see do you see the way huh Stephen Curry was shooting the ball huh he's shooting it like he could never miss and that's how you got to be in the job interview you got to talk to employer like you're confident like you can do this thing that they're asking you to do, that they're asking you to come aboard their team. Huh? You're the star player. You're number two in the world, I'm telling you. They need you to be successful in their company. You see, my father would do something like that. He would he would use a basketball analogy, at least for me, to help me ex- to understand some of the concepts and some of the things of life that I needed to understand. And I find myself doing that all the time. Even if, you know, there's some people that don't understand basketball and uh, don't watch the NBA and that kind of thing. And, I'm, you know, I'm aware of that. Um, and I might not always share the basketball analogy, but trust me, it's always in the back of my mind, though. Let, let me find out you a fan. Oh, oh I'm going to use a basketball analogy on you to break this thing down. Because some people don't know. Don't, don't, they, need, they need a different kind of... Uh, example and way of looking at things and I like the way that uh, one guy I was listening to a um, um, a creative live uh, podcast on um, on YouTube and one of the guys was talking about the importance of learning and and the importance of education and one of the things that he said uh, was that Whenever you're trying to teach somebody, it's, it's not always about necessarily what you what you're trying to teach them or what what they're trying to learn. It's really all about how they look and how they see things. Because you can try to teach somebody a lesson, but if they don't see it, then they don't get it. But if you can teach people how to see, then they'll get a lot more out of life. And I just thought about that. I said, okay. And I just thought that I believe, you know, in the course I give God a lot of credit for where I, where I am in life. And um, I just want to have that, that, that said. Um, with, with that said, I believe that a lot of things that I absorb in life, a lot of the things in the way I view life and, and, and the, the conclusions that I've came to and the decisions that I made, is based a lot on how my dad taught me how to see things. You know, I, I, number one, let me just say this. Number one, growing up where I grew up, um, having a father in the house was rare. I mean, in my neighborhood, seeing the, uh, 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 and I'm, you know, I, I don't like to play the race card or talk, you know, a lot about it, but I'm gonna talk about it. I'm just going to say it, you know, in, in our neighborhood to see a black man, as a father was like a unicorn. Like, wait a minute. Who that's this your daddy? I mean, because most of my friends, um, didn't their fathers wasn't around. You know, a couple of my best friends, their fathers was not around. They had uncles and different things like that 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 stepped in and did different things. 
But I was one of the few growing up who had my father in the house, you know, and, you know, and I thought, I mean, I didn't think of how significant that was at the time until um, people would make comments like, man, your daddy live with you? I'm like, yeah, man, okay. Ain't daddy supposed to live with the kids? But I realized, I mean, I could just think really on, on one hand how many of my friends actually um, had their father in their house and um, knew their father. Who I mean, some of them I never seen their dads at all, and we were friends for a long time. Um, and that's not to, you know, I'm not trying to cast any kind of negative um, light on any of my friends and their families or anything like that, but I'm just making an observation. And um, because of that, a lot of my views on things were different. Um, I was taught a lot and was around my father a lot, even though he had his own business and he worked a lot. A lot of times I realized that in order to really spend time with him, look, I had to put in some work. You know, I wasn't going to just expect, you know, my dad to come home and just you know, spend time with me all day and all that. That man was a businessman. He was an entrepreneur. And if you know anything about entrepreneurship, it means work, W-O-R-K, work. And I'm going to tell you something. Work is not, in an entrepreneur's life, work is not nine to five. Work is whatever you put in and that's what you're going to get out. Now, and there's nothing against people who have regular jobs, who have nine to fives, but I'm going to tell you something. No matter how much work you put in, it's going to be between that time frame and there's a limit on what you can potentially make in that position or what you can become in that position. There's limitations. And for some people, you know, that's that's where they need to be because they, some people don't have any kind of discipline. Some people um, lazy and all that kind of stuff. So if you lazy and you don't put nothing in, guess what? You don't get nothing out. Matter of fact, this morning I was reading in the Bible because the Bible got Jews. And I tell you that every time. But in the Bible, it talks about lazy hands. Don't eat. They, it tends to, to poverty. It tends to hunger. And so if you lazy, you need to go to work and get a job. Um, but if you are self-motivated, if you are a risk taker. And I, I realized that as an entrepreneur, my dad was a risk taker. My dad. Um, you know, started at a younger age with his own paper route, with his own paper route. And I mean, he was taken over with the paper route when he was younger. I mean, he hired, he hired, he had a, a, a people, you know, that was working with him and different things. And he, you know, he just always, for some reason, um, always had that in him. And ever since I known him, that's all I know. I never knew, you know, I, I my reference point for a person with a, with just a regular job was, you know, I just, I just didn't have that kind of reference point. So in my mind, that's how everything was. That's how everybody was, you know? And so with, with that, he helped frame my view on the world. That's why I am the way I am as far as um, entrepreneurship, as far as owning your own business, as far as um, being creative and putting in the work, as far as realizing that work is, what you make it is it, it, I don't have a, a frame of, of, of going in and going out, even though, um, even though, um, I've had jobs 
because just because you're an entrepreneur doesn't mean that you don't need to take a job because sometimes you need a job in the meantime while you're working on what you're working. Oh, yeah, I'm going to say that again. Sometimes you need to do that. It's it's whatever you need to do to make things happen, to make your dreams work. You know, sometimes there are sacrifices. I've seen that in, in, in my dad's life, making sacrifices, sacrificing when people you know, said he was crazy. He, you know, he wasn't never going to make no money. And, you know, um, you know, they said, you know, how, how, let me just tell you, let me just, I'm just be real today. Um, I don't know how it is in other communities, but I'm going to tell you something in our community, in the black community, sometimes, I mean, we, we say things behind closed doors and different things. And a lot of times people will say to him, you know, the white man, ain't never going to give you nothing. And, you know, whatever this, that, and the other, but look, I, I grew up around the man, <clears throat> that he didn't use his color as an excuse of why he couldn't do something. Oh, yeah, there was other people around that would, you know, that was uh, felt a certain type of way about that. But we we did business and worked and had contracts in places outside of Detroit. You know, there was people who was afraid. And if you're from Detroit, you know what I'm talking about. There was people who was afraid to go across eight miles. We, I mean, we practically, we lived in Detroit, but we spend the most of our time outside of, on the other side of 8 Mile, outside of the city and in other places, Sterling Heights and, and, and Rochester Hills and, and, um, and near Bloomfield Hills and um, Orchard Lake and, 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 and Redford and, 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 um, and other places. Now, mind you, this is back in the day. I know a lot of those areas now, you, you know, you see, you know, black folks sprinkled, but I'm just saying back in, back when we was doing it, we was the only ones out there from what I saw, but I never, I never saw the way other people saw it. I, I didn't, he didn't teach me that I didn't belong by his actions. He didn't teach me that I didn't belong in, in certain places that, that I had limitations. He didn't teach me that. I seen a man who, 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 who did things that other people around us wasn't doing. He he went and 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 got contracts from people that didn't look like him. And he didn't use his, you know, not, it, nothing now mind you, I'm I'm not I'm not look. Please don't make this about a race thing. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. You know, back in that day we, we he he didn't have grants and different things uh, or contract given to him just because he was a black, it was a black owned business. He didn't use that as an excuse. He went out and got the contracts. There was, there was, there was people and there was companies that were, were, were doing things and been in business a lot longer than him, but he, he took opportunities. He saw moments and opportunities and seized them. You know, and so with that view, that's what I grew up with that view. It wasn't only until later in life where I started hearing people's excuses. Now, I understand this. Now, I understand this. There are opportunities that may not come your way just because of the color of your skin. I'm going to just say that there are there are times and opportunities. But that shouldn't be an excuse why you can't do nothing. That shouldn't be an excuse of why you can't follow your dreams. Because I'm going to tell you something. As you pursue your dreams along the way, you're going to find all kinds of people. You're going to have people who don't want you to do what you want to do. 
And I'm going to tell you something. They have no skin color because it was more people who were the same skin color as my dad telling him he can't do what he was doing as opposed to the other groups of people. So with that said, there are people in your life, then regardless of skin color, they ain't going to want to see you do what you do. And then there's people in your life that is going to rock with you, that's going to give you a chance, that's going to stand with you, stand behind you. And as you go in life, the more you go into your dreams, the more you go into what you're doing, trust me, there's going to be people who are going to rock with you that's going to come out the woodworks all of a sudden. And it's not necessarily they're being drawn to your success, but there's some people who see your potential. There's some people who see your good, what you bring to the world, and they're going to they wanna help you. And so you focus on those people. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. And so I, I, I grew up with a man that demonstrated demonstrated that he never if to my memory to my recollection he never sat me down and 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 said well you know son um you know this is what's going on in the world and you know you got to do what you got to do and this that and the other and you know the the police don't like you or this that and the other i never he never sat me down and and, and had to explain that to me he just went out there and did what he did and i from from being around him, from um, some of our conversations that were, I mean, that were not directed in that manner, I saw something. I saw the world in a certain type of way. I saw a world that regardless of all the flaws in this world, that I could still be somebody, I could still become great. I saw a world where people were people. And there's good people and there's bad people. There's good people and there's bad people. But people are people. And so I saw those things. And so as I got older, I was kind of confused on a lot of things because people would say stuff. And I'm like, what is he talking about? Like, I remember when I was going off to college and, uh, um, you know, I decided to go, um, you know, outside of the state um, because, um you know, I wanted to, to to grow. You know, sometimes you can't grow in a place that's familiar to you. Sometimes you need to go outside of your comfort zone in order to grow. And so I just ha- always had it in my my mind, my heart. Like I need to, I need, I don't care. I need to go out of out of out of the state. And you know, I you know, kind of looking back, um, I probably should have put a little bit more emphasis, maybe on you know, the kind of things that I'd be learning. But at that point in time, it was just about getting out of the state. And so it just so happened there was only one school with my scholarship that I could go to out of state. It just happened to be um, um, Illinois Wesleyan University in Bloomington, Illinois. And I was just like, okay, I'm going to Bloomington. You know, I, I mean, I, you know, no, now, now mind you, I did like the college. I did like the environment. I, it was different. It wasn't um, it wasn't like the city or what, whatnot like that, but I'm like, okay, I'm gonna go there and this, this, that type of thing. So I remember I was, I was saying to people, you know, this is where I'm going, this is where I chose and different things. And, uh, you know, sometimes when people, you know, saying things that, that probably shouldn't be said, you know, they whisper that, you know, you know, how some people, you know, they, they, they you know, they ain't supposed to be telling you this, but they going to whisper it like it's more important, but it, it means that you shouldn't have said it. Uh, but they said, you know, you know, you, you, um, 
you about to go over there to, to Illinois, huh? You want to go on there? Okay. Any any black people in that town that you, you're going to? I'm like, well, I don't know. I've seen a couple of them. Well, you know, you got to be careful out there with the white people. I'm like, huh? No, I got to be careful with you. That, that's what I got to be careful with. Now, mind you, this was an older person, and they came from a time period where you did have to be careful. But, I mean, I, I, I appreciate I appreciate that. But I, we spent most of our lives doing business with other races and cultures. I mean, in high school, I worked, um, I worked with my dad. I went to school, and I had two other jobs. <laughs> you know, so but what the what the guys what the families I worked for was Middle Eastern. I didn't I didn't look and say you know well got to be careful with the Middle Easterners and all that kind of stuff. They were just people. It was good. It was good people from the Middle East, and it was bad people from the Middle East, just like any other group of people. But my dad put me in those places and gave me those opportunities. You know, it was because I was working with him that they even saw me in the first place. They saw my work ethic. They saw what I was doing. They're like, oh, man, this this brother, man, he ain't lazy. Come in. He do his work. He quiet, whatever, you know. You want a job? And I asked my dad. I said, Dad, you know, um, this would be nice, you know, working somewhere a little different. You know, I've been, I've been, you know, working with with you um, up until that point. And of course, I was in, in, in high school. But, I, you know, I started working with my dad. I remember uh, squeegee in my first window because he, he owned – owns a janitorial service. I remember squeegeeing my first window, cleaning my first window uh, when I was about four, four, five, something like that. I mean, I, you know, I don't know if I was doing a good job or not, but I was working. That's all he was concerned about. And so, you know, put me in a position and I didn't have these reservations. I didn't have, you know, these different things and different views on life. And so those views, the way you look at things, is important to the opportunities that you take. The way you look at things is important to the things that you embrace and don't embrace because you can you can forego many opportunities because you looking wrong. You seeing wrong. You're not seeing things for the the value of of what they bring. You're not looking at opportunities from a place of value. And so through entrepreneurship, through understanding um that People are people. They're good people. They're bad people. That there's a lot of things that jewels that I learned and I, I look at now in my life and I look different places that I go and I just look, I look at people. I really look at people. I, I, you know, it's amazing to me. I don't know if people think about this, but it's amazing. You can go to a place and you can see a person that you will never, ever see in your life again. That's amazing to me. You know why it's amazing? Because there's people in your life that you see every day. In comparison to the people that you will never see again, there's people in your life that you see every day. So not only does that mean that the people in your life around you are valuable, because that's rare in comparison. There's seven, you know, point whatever I billion people in the world. But in your life, you're only probably going to be around a very small fraction of those people. 
And then another smaller fraction of the, are the people that you're actually going to see. And so I, 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 when I travel places, you know, I just look at people. I mean, people probably think like, why are you looking at me like that? But I'm looking like, man, I ain't never going to see you again. Or I might see you again. But most of the time, you're never going to see them again. You, ne- you, you can say hi to somebody, have a small conversation. You may not ever have that conversation with them again. But people are people. They're good people. They're bad people. And that, you know, that that is the foundation of of how I view things, how I view the world, how I how I view opportunities, how I view entrepreneurship. And so with with those things, along with those things, he also taught me to don't quit and never give up easily. Don't don't wait a minute. I mean, you know, in business and in life, I, you know. I seen my dad in the highs and the lows, the highs and the lows. But I seen him make him make it through every everything, whether it's good or bad. I seen him make it through it. Now, I'm not saying that my dad was a, the perfect person or the perfect man. None of us are. And that's just a shout out to everybody who may have against, something against their father, or their dad. It's amazing to me that people always highlight people's imperfections. And they blame people and they and they fault people for their imperfections. But then when it comes to their imperfections, their own imperfections, they make excuses for those. Oh, well, how, how come you make excuses for your own imperfections, but don't excuse the imperfections of others, particularly your father? Huh? Why is that? Why? Why not you using the same scale? Regardless, I'm going to tell you something. This is a. A spiritual principle. This is a spiritual principle that I was taught by one of my mentors, Tony Kemp. Look, you can't, you cannot begin to put judgment on your parents, whether it's your mother or your father. You can't, you can't put judgments. And what I mean by judgments, they've done things and you've condemned them for the for that. You're punishing them for that. You're punishing them for that. Guess what? In your life. You're going to have things that you encounter in your life simply because you put judgments on your uh, on your parents. And they may seem totally unrelated to what's going on there. there. There's judgments that people put on their parents. And guess what? They have problems in their relationships. They have problems in their money. They have problems in opportunities, all kinds of things. Because remember, even though everything you see, the physical things, the physical people's bodies and and cars and houses and all these physical material things that you can touch and all this kind of stuff. There's a spirit world behind all that. And guess what? There's things happening behind the scenes because you decide that, look, my, my daddy wasn't in my life. You know, I hate that man. Well, guess what? That hate that you're releasing out around you is creating things in your life that sh- that don't need to be there. So what I'm saying is absolve people of their faults and their things. Absolve them. Forgive them. Forgive them. I'm telling you, I, there was a guy that I know. If anybody had a reason to be upset with their father, it was him. But later on in life, he realized that he needed to forgive his father. And I'm telling you, at the time, as he was realizing at the time, he was having all kinds of financial issues, all kinds of relationship issues. But I'm going to tell you, his life actually started to turn for the good when he forgave his father. Opportunities started to open up. 
he couldn't find a job or any positions, but then people started bringing him jobs and positions, relationships all over the place. He started to find stability in his relationships. Now, I don't know how it all worked. I'm just telling you what the Bible told me. The Bible says, honor your father and your mother, and it will go well with you. I, you look, how that all happens, I don't know. All I'm saying is this. It, 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 something's happening, and it's better for you to live life having absolved everybody of their faults against you, of their things against you, particularly your father. Because your father, whether he's in your life or out of your life, plays a major role in how your life is lived. And if, if, if one person has that much power and influence in your life, whether they're in your life or not, it's probably best that you start with that person <laughs> and, 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 and absolving them of all judgments. And so my dad, you know, um, I just realized that there's a lot of things, there are a lot of valuable things, despite any mistakes, despite anything um, that he's ever done or that kind of thing. There's a lot of valuable things um, that I learned that I look at those valuable things. I, when I look in the past and I look back over my life, I, I you know, I just don't recall. I just, I just choose not to recall bad times and different things like that. I just choose not to recall faults. I just choose not to. I just live my life having living, living it from a place of the things that I've learned, not the things that I've suffered. And even if there was suffering, there's always something to learn. And so I just choose to focus on the learning and not the suffering. And so my dad just never, it just taught me never give up. Don't quit easily. Like there's plenty of examples of people who quit on people. And those people go on to be very successful. And just look at all those people who quit on them along the way. There's just countless examples that I'm not going to go into today. But never, never give up. Never uh, lose heart easily. You know, fight for what your dreams and fight for what you believe in. Those types of things. And and just finally, this is this is a jewel. You know, my father actually gave me some this is advice that he actually gave me on how to choose my wife. Now this might seem a little unorthodox to some people. You know, um people have all these different wisdom advice or whatever like that. Um, but my father taught me two things about a woman that'll tell you a whole lot about a woman. Number one, how does a woman keep her house? In other words, when you go on the date, um, you know, you go, you go and you, 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 you schedule a time or something that you can go and you see how she keeps her house up. Does she keep the house clean? Does she keep it dirty? Does she, does she, um, now I'm talking about not because you coming over. I'm talking about on a normal basis, on a normal basis. That, he, he just told me, just go over and, 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 and see how she keeps up her house. And then number two, study her mama. How does she treat her mama? What does some of the qualities that her mom has, some of the character that her mom has, th those two things, see how she keeps her, up her house and see how she treat her mama. Look, I'm telling you, I've been married 
for eight years now. Been together with my wife for 12 years. Trust me, she went through the test before we dated. Look, I went to her house and I seen, man, they can, I'm telling you, her and her mama can keep up a clean house. I mean, I've never been over there and this stuff was, was everywhere. I mean, they, they keep up their house. Now, I kind of wonder, why would he tell me that? But I found out there's a correlation between a person's life and how they keep up things. If they take care of things, they're more apt to take care of themselves and, and to take care in, in the way that they carry themselves. It's, it's with it's with a sense of dignity. It's with a sense of, of pride, so to speak. And they, I mean, they will keep up their house. And then, of course, she has an excellent relationship with her mom. Excellent relationship with her mom. She's not disrespectful. A woman who can disrespect her mom? Something's wrong with that woman. She's going to disrespect your mama. And I, you know, look, I love my daddy and I, I love my mama. You can't disrespect my mama now. How you know it's just something? I mean, back in school, people used to tell mama jokes. They was joking. But man, if it was if it got real, it would have got real. You know what I'm saying? It would have been hands probably involved and feet too. But I'm just saying, you know, if she if she disrespectful to her mama, she's gonna be disrespectful probably to you too. You know, it it, it tells a lot about a person's character. So, I mean, those are two pieces of advice he gave me um, concerning uh, dating and concerning um, finding a wife. And I'm going to tell you something. Man, I live by those, and I'm telling you something. I'm glad I listened to that advice. I'm telling you. And, I, you, you know, mind you, there's other things that, you know, you should, you should uh, take into consideration, you know, whether she loved the Lord or not. You know, that's, that's important, you know, all those kinds of things. But I'm going to tell you, those two pieces of advice, how she keep up the house. And she might not mind you, you know, she didn't have her own house at the time. She was taking care of her mama's house. She was cleaning it every Saturday from the top to the bottom. I saw, oh, yep, yep, my, my dad set me up. Just like Proverbs said, listen to the advice and the wisdom of your father. It's, it's going to be helpful to you when you get older. Just read Proverbs in the Bible. Just read it. Just look at how, how daddy was just laying it out for him. Daddy laid that out for me. And because daddy laid that out for me, I'm living a good life with my wife, with a good wife. I'm telling you, she's a good wife. So I'm just saying, where's the other father? Uh, once again, to all the fathers out there, out there today, look, happy Father's Day to you. Uh, get, put your head up. Put your head up. Huh? If you if you, if your father is still alive, man, say happy Father's Day to the man. Come to do something nice for him. You took your mama out to Red Lobster, but why are you gonna take your daddy out to Burger King? Come on, man, bring that man some ribs or some. You know, bring this, bring something that he can. It can be hearty, and then tell him, you know, you a good daddy. Even though if he was a knucklehead, just say, man, you was a good daddy. Then don't buy that man just a tie, you know, but he don't even wear ties. You know, buy him something that he wants or something like that. No, let him know how much you appreciate him. And while you're doing that, I'll see you next week. <laughs>